0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the
1: Mac and Jack Sports Show. We're on live, Roku TV, YouTube, and Facebook, Thursday through Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m., here to help you start out your day on Northeast Streaming Sports. I'm your host, Mac, with my co-host, Jack Hirsch, Hall of Fame legendary boxing writer, as we bring you up to date and all the sports and kind of look forward uh, to the weekend. Today on the show, we have guests Byron Williams, our NFL analyst, coming and talking about the NFL. The host of TGI Sports Talk, Keith Angle, will be coming and talking about all sports with us. And the Philly guy, Jamie Paz, coming and talking to you about Philly sports. So good morning to everyone. Good morning, Jack. And you ready to get this thing going? Hey, Matt, good morning. You know, I realized when we did the show yesterday, I said
2: we were going to save all our predictions, our NFL predictions for Sunday because of the playoffs. And for some reason, I wasn't thinking two of the games are Saturday. I knew that. Okay. Right. But I always, when I think of football, I think of Sunday. You know, Sunday football, even though they're games Saturday, Monday, Thursday. And so we're going to have to come up with a, you know, our picks for Saturday's game. Because knowing you, Mac, you won't say a word, and then Sunday morning you're going to say, just as I predicted. Well, uh, but he's supposed, Mac is on fire. Without saying a word <laughs> publicly, you're going to say, well, I picked him privately. That's good yeah. enough. Now I can go public with it, Mac. Right, right. Mac, I'm calling you out on this show well, today. Be, I did, expect I'd you did, to did come up with your predictions for tomorrow's game publicly not just keep it to yourself and then say later just as I predicted.
1: Well at the end of the show we will give our picks on tomorrow's game. Maybe while the Philly sports guy is here. We never do picks with packs So maybe we'll do that. we can do it with,
2: him, uh, with Byron. Pags is a little down in the dumps, you know, with the Eagles, the Flyers, you know, not so much with the Sixers. They're doing a little uh, better lately. Yeah, they have
1: they have been doing better lately, Jack. So folks, we're gonna get into a little sports news here. This is kind of controversial, but in my opinion, really not. Uh, me and Jack have talked about this in the show in the past. Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner, Olympic dec- decathlon medalist, I knew I was going to a problem with that, has come out against transgender women competing against biological women in sports due to success of swimmer Leah Thomas at the University of Pittsburgh. The NCAA is reviewing its policy uh, to see what they're going to do. Texas has, of course, banned it. And like I said, we talked about this before on the show, Jack. Average, and in and, and most instances, you know, biological men have physical advantages over women. They're bigger, they're stronger, their respiratory system is bigger, uh, they're a little faster. In general, now, there's certain, certain instances where like Serena Williams, I wouldn't challenge her to a tennis match. And average, if everything is equal, of course biological men that's just the way it is and there have been female athletes even at the high school level jack that are complaining about this because they're taking away scholarships they're breaking records and now with leah thomas here competing at a college level even Caitlyn jenner has come out against the jack
2: yeah i mean i i agree with that mac you mentioned serena williams maybe the most underappreciated athlete of our era. I mean, she, an all-time great, you know, sport for sport. I mean, fantastic. But at Serena Williams's best, there's going to be about 100 men who'd be able to beat her, okay, worldwide. In fact, John McEnroe said there'd be about 700 men, and, and he even said, she'll have a chance to prove me wrong. Let it just play against, you know, some of the male players, but but the point is, you know, there are physical advantages. I remember when Joan Benoit Samuelson won the first Women's Olympic Marathon. She ran, ran in two hours, 24 minutes and 52 seconds. That time was a great time for Women's Marathon but it would not have even qualified or came close to qualifying hard to run in the Olympic trials, the United States men's Olympic trials marathon. She wouldn't have even come close to qualifying to try to get on the Olympic team. The point is, you know, there's advantage just a transgender athlete is going to have when they cross over, you know, a male competing against females. Now, we're all for equal rights. Let people live their life how they want to live sure. it. As long as you're not hurting anyone else. That's, sure. that's at least my policy. I'm sure it's your policy. And that's the way it should be. But when you're crossing over and you are male and now you're competing against female athletes, you're bringing a major physical advantage to the event for yourself. And it's just not there. You know, for all those female athletes, you know, who've been competing that way their whole life, it, it, it's very unfair. I think the state of Texas has a right, right, and we're not talking about rights in society to do things. We're just talking about on the athletic field, the physical advantages it brings an athlete. And we all want to be fair, Mac. We all want to be fair. We all want justice. We hate discrimination. But the ones who are really being discriminated against at the end of the day are those female athletes who are being put at a a sudden tremendous physical disadvantage.
1: Well said, Jack. I mean, I agree with you. Whatever you want to do in your life is up to you. And I don't care what you do, really, as long as you're not hurting no one. And at this point in time, and I kind of knew that this would happen eventually. Because you know people want to compete and people want to do things, but if you can't compete as a biological male with other biological males, it's very unfair to when you change your identity to a female and you you go through the the steps you have to do to go in and compete against biological females, and to me that's just an unfair advantage, as you said. And hopefully the NCA uh, changes this policy, and maybe they have a sport for transgender. Uh, women or men competition, what, however you want to do it, you know, it's something for them, but, you know, don't leave one other gender and come to another one when you know it's going to benefit you. I think that's very unfair to the females also, Jack. So um, the pay for play likeness, you know, I don't think people really realize that this is going to be, you're, you're living through a history, a history changing thing here in as far as NCA sports go. I don't I don't think they really grasp how big a deal this is really going to be. Because it's going to affect everything, Jack. This is going to affect recruiting. And it's running congruent right now with the the you know the transfer portal where players can leave at one college and go to another and not be suspended for a year. So if I'm at a smaller college and I want to go to a bigger college that has more eyes on it more popular. The thing to do if you're smart or in business, or if you have an agent, he's going to tell you, hey, transfer to this college where you can make more money. The relationship is changing from a college student relationship to an employer-employee relationship. I don't think people really understand this right now. So it's got its good points, Jack. It's got its bad points. The interesting thing is to see is how it's going to affect these kids years down the road. Is it going to be good for them? Is it going to be bad for them? Is it going to be bad for the sport? That's what we're going to have to find out in a couple few years.
2: Well, you know, colleges are basically the minor leagues for the professional ranks. I mean, with the NFL, normally when a player, I should say a student, okay? I'm even spoiled by using the word player. When a student wants to switch or makes a switch one university to another, they have it in mind. It increases their chances of playing in the NFL. Even Jalen Hurts, who we talk about a lot, the Eagle quarterback at Alabama, he was going to be the second string quarterback after he lost his job. He transferred to Oklahoma where he could get the play. They want to get the play. Listen, normally students who are not in athletics, they can change the colleges and no one gives it a second thought, but the NCAA does have a rule in, they're supposed to be off a year, but they're extenuating circumstances. You can get around that. And also so many of these students who are going to go on to the NFL, NBA or major league baseball or whatever, they don't always stay there to the four years. They usually don't stay there the four years. So why don't we start accepting it as maybe being a breeding ground for the professional ranks? Because you know that that's basically what it is, where they could fine-tune their skills, increase their value, put themselves in a the position to get drafted by a professional team, because that's what it seems like it's well, all about. Well, now.
1: I don't I don't I don't disagree with that at all. The only th- the only thing I'm saying, Jack, is that at one time you were recruited. And you went to a school, even if you wanted to play professional sports, you're going to go to a school that's pretty good, that has national eyes on it. You're going to go to that opposed to a school normally that doesn't. I mean, some go to the schools they want to go to that their parents went to. That's all well and good. But now it's going to be where you go to get the most money. And that changes recruitment. So, you know, I mean, whether we like it or not, the next thing to look out for, and you mark my words on this, chat, is a unionization of college players. And when that happens, then it's a whole new ball game. Because once you consider them professional, like the NFLPA, like the Major League Baseball Union, all those unions that represent them, that's the next step. And when that happens, not only are you gonna pay for likeness, you're gonna have to talk about benefits, you're gonna have to talk about a lot of things. And is that gonna be fair to the other students that don't play sports? that go on to be doctors and lawyers and and whatever else they do in their program. That's going to be the next thing that comes down the pike, Jack. Mark my words.
2: You want to know something? It's supply and demand. If there's money to be made, why should the university pocket all the money? Shouldn't the student who is making a lot of money get their share? Is there anything wrong with that? Let's say it's a basketball team. Let's say Duke, for example, who's made a fortune of money for their university. I mean, shouldn't the players benefit a little bit by that? Okay, now I know we hear, well, they're getting scholarships, their education's being paid for, but you have these coaches in college who are making an incredible amount of money, millions and millions of dollars. Is it anything so bad that the players on the team are getting, let's say, $100,000 a year. They're getting a start in life. We don't consider all the students who have college debt, okay? They, you know, they graduate and they've got to work about seven, eight years just to break even, to get out of the, you know, the college debt that they owe, owe the, from, you know, going to school. And I don't see anything of mad with it. I think we're living in a new age now. And if there's money to be made and there's a profit margin, where's that money going to? Should the university just get all the money or shouldn't some be be going back to the students if they're the reason the university's making so much?
1: Well, I'm not disagreeing with that, Jack, but there would be no student loan that had to be paid off by a player. First of all, you're going right back to what I was saying, doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs. What I'm saying though, the next logical step would be to form a union and can you imagine basketball college basketball or college football striking and refusing to play i mean i'm just saying what could what's possibility down the road that we're going to have to get ready for because that's the nation, that's the, the the next logical step so instead of worried about major league baseball striking or the nfl striking you're going to have to worry whether there's going to be march madness whether it's going to be a a college uh, uh, football championship, that's coming down the road, Jack, believe me. Now, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the next logical step because once agents get in there, union reps are going to get in there, and this is what's going to happen. You want to know
2: something, Mac, but the universities can definitely retaliate. If it comes down to agents' contracts, they could have a contract drawn up if they – student strikes, they don't fulfill their obligation, the university could void that scholarship. And there are very Maybe. few star players Maybe. who could absorb that. Maybe. That means they're basically Maybe. kicked Maybe. out of school. And Maybe. that's that. And, and I, you what, know. Then what you're
1: saying, Daniel, what you would be saying is that the college athletes who are now employees wouldn't have the right to unionize, which is totally wrong. They can't do that. You can't cancel somebody's contract in the NFL because they go on strike. You can't do that legally. So how are you going to do that to a college kid if he belongs to Well, you don't the pay
2: league? them. They're not, they're not getting paid while they're running.
1: They, what, 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 I, what I'm saying, though, is if you're going to pay the likeness, you are going to pay them. So once you start paying student athletes and then the other student athletes aren't getting paid, then I'm going to talk about unions. You mark my words, Jack, in about another five years, this is going to be a big thing. They're going to try and unionize college sports and then uh, colleges ain't going to be able to say we're going to cancel. It's going to be colleges.
2: hard. I'm going to tell you what's going to be hard. There are not that many great players in college to unionize it. Okay? It doesn't matter. The it majority matter. of players are just lucky, uh, feel fortunate to have a spot on the team. There are very few star players who are going to have it that type of leverage.
1: It won't matter. It won't matter. if the If the college players vote, They've already tried this. They've almost came very close in California, Oregon, to doing this. If they do, well,
2: listen. It remains to be seen. We could speculate. We don't know for sure how
1: it's going to play out. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm just telling you next logical step. Anyways, let's get on to uh, let's get down to uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Of course, everybody knows very competitive in the postseason all the time, winning records all the time. But for some reason. They're not catching on in Tampa Bay, Florida. The Lightning, the Bucks are big deal. Hockey's big deal down there. The Rays, for some reason, can't catch on there. So they had a, uh, a venture they were doing about two, half, two and a half years ago where they wanted a sister city to they could play half their games at, and that was in Montreal. People remember the Montreal Expos, who were pretty successful up there drawing. So after two and a half years, the MLB – Executive board has shut this down and said, No, we're not doing that. And of course, Tampa Bay, the owner over there, is kind of uh, a little, a little upset that after two and a half years of doing all this, they're saying no. But I see go both ways, Jack. I could see them being upset that they want to get some revenue going for the Tampa Bay. And I can see MLB saying, wait a minute, you know, are you moving? Is it gonna be three quarters of the games next year? It's gonna be are you gonna be in Montreal the year after that? I understand the concerns both ways, Jack.
2: Well, it's going to be half and half. Let's be honest about it. They're playing half their games in Montreal. Major League Baseball allows them to. And the attendance in Montreal is better than Tampa Bay. They're going to use that as a reason maybe to move the team to Montreal. And Major League Baseball is trying to basically nip it in the bud before it becomes a reality. And there's talk of them building a new stadium in Tampa. I've been to that indoor, you know, with the dome over the head. It, it's not a good stadium. It's not a good stadium. The sound effects aren't good. It's just not the best place to watch a game. And maybe if the Buccaneers weren't so good. and The Lightning weren't so good. They're both, you know, defending champions. Maybe that would ha- put the uh, Rays a little more on the forefront. Maybe they'd be a little more popular. But like you said, Matt, for whatever reason, the Rays, despite having a very good, good team, they won the playoffs last year, the World Series the year before last. They're always competitive. They just haven't caught the imagination of the people. And even though Tampa might not be a small market city, The raise a small market team. They have to be creative. They've lost guys to free agency. And it's it's not that easy. But, you know, and you also think back to the past. The Montreal Expos, they were special. That was like a special city, special team. Uh, When they had Gary Carter and all those guys, they never quite made it to the World Series, but they were knocking on the door. Uh, they lost by one run in an elimination game that would have gotten them to the World Series against the Dodgers. And, you know, Montreal is maybe ready to embrace the team. Maybe they're going to come out in big numbers. But you want to know something, Mac? If that were the case, would that be such a bad thing, okay, if the Rays went to Montreal? If Montreal supported the team in a way the people in Tampa didn't, would that be such a bad thing if they moved? And if Major League Baseball feels that terrible about it, there's always, there's always the option of giving the Rays an expansion team. But then again, that might be a hard fit because if a team moves from one city because they're not doing good business, why would you want to come back to that city to expand? It's not the same case with the Cleveland Browns who had an avid fan base where they'll move the team to Baltimore because the city wouldn't get a new stadium. Uh, That's only part of the reason in Tampa they're having a hard time getting a new stadium. But even if they get a new stadium, the question is, is the support there? Will the support there be in the future? I just don't know.
1: I don't either, Jack. It's surprising to me when you have a winning team and people don't come out to support it, especially when spring trading's held. Down in Florida all the time. Backstage right now, we got our NFL analyst, former Giants wide star wide receiver Byron Williams, who's going to come in and talk a little bit about the NFL playoffs with us, Jack. So let's bring him up. Good morning. Good morning, Byron. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Not too bad, Byron. On the side thing, I want to get your opinion. I'll talk to Keith about this too. The pay for play. Um, you know, they're they're with the transfer portal with the college players. Where they can go from team to team without being suspended for a year, like the rules were before. I think the NCAA is backed in the corner. There's nothing they can do about it anymore. Government's involved. They're all set. Yeah. This, this I think Byron's gonna affect recruiting and uh, the transfer students, of course. Um, you know, of course, if you get if you're gonna be on TV more, get a bigger contract, say going to Alabama more support, more commercial opportunities than going to say uh Nebraska, you're probably gonna pick Alabama as far as recruitment goes. So that's gonna affect that. It's kind of changing to an employer employee kind of relationship instead of student college, right? Right. My my concern here about this is down the road. If they're gonna start running this as a almost a professional organization, uh the 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 players and the agents What's to stop them from unionizing, getting everybody paid to play sports, and then maybe possibly going on strike eventually if they don't get their way? Don't you think that's a logical progression?
3: Absolutely. You know, I just think right now, in the long run, it's going to really be a be a big big problem because of, you know, it's you know you're just creating chaos, and I think it's not consistent with trying to get your education, not consistent. Uh, we're trying to make these young men become mature and be responsible for their actions. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be all over the place. They need to put a handle on it. Um, they got to have, you know, have, they have to have some real good guidelines to make sure that they're going to work and be consistent. And the most important thing, they they do need to get their education and uh, it's going to be chaotic. I mean, I I saw where Charlie Bass, they had the university he went to had offered the quarterback from Oklahoma, a million dollars, you know, and and that's going to be just – it's going to be real messy.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think they don't have this thing all under control yet. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're witnessing history in the making right here. This has never, ever been uh, – nothing like this in college football has ever happened. Uh, since, you know, Teddy Roosevelt came out and made laws to protect people from dying in college football. I mean, this is this is unbelievable. So let's get to the NFL games, Byron, with you. Um, some re- I think four terrific games. And I think any of these games can be won by any team. I, I think it's that competitive this year. I don't think I'll see we'll see a blowout. It's possible. Somebody may just fall, fold up and turn over the ball, ball all the time and and be. Terrible. I don't think so, though. I think this is going to be one of the best division playoffs that we've seen in a long time, Byron. So I kind of want to go through it with you, and 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 get your thoughts. You know, we got Cincinnati going to Tennessee. Uh, you've got, you know, uh, you have big Derek uh, Derek Henry coming back. He's not up to 100 yet. There's still a game time decision. I imagine he's playing. Otherwise, they're right. going to go. Home. So you got right. Derek Henry. You got a. Incredible offensive blocking line that doesn't get enough credit. And you got a, a defense that has won some games by themselves to keep them the, the number one seed this year, going up against a great young quarterback. Uh I mean, I, I, I am so impressed with Burrow uh, this year. It's incredible. A great rookie receiver, a good running back of their own in Mixon, and a defense that has played well too. It's pretty evenly matched. I think the biggest question, Byron, is going to be Ryan – Tannehill, what can he do when the running game is stopped?
3: Absolutely. Because, it, you know, if you look at the coaches, you know, both coaches have done a superior job. Both both names have been um, listed as uh, the coach of the year. Uh, just an awesome matchup. And really going into the playoff, I feel like the Bengals have a lot of momentum. And um, like I said, the uh, barrel has d- have done nothing but a terrific job. I mean, second year player. So you're talking about some exciting football. Um, it can go either way. And by Derrick Henry been out so long, you know, he's he going to be trying to come in and, and they going to try to run the ball and control the line of scrimmage. But I tell you, it's a perfect
1: matchup. Yeah. I mean, I no, I'm, I'm,
2: You know what's interesting, Byron? Uh, the Bengals beat the Raiders to advance. And the Raiders had had that very tough emotional game against the Chargers that went, in, that went into the whole overtime period the week before. But notice what we talked about the post-MAC, the rest that the Bengals had the last week of the season. They lost to the Cleveland Browns, they rested their players. I think that little bit of extra rest, not having to win the last game of the season, may have made the difference
3: and then beating the Raiders in
2: that game. What do you think?
3: No doubt. No doubt. I, I think, too, if you rest players that's you know, veteran players as well, you rest those players, you know, you come out with the momentum. But I still think, too, that you have to have good leadership, um, good a week of preparation of practice. And so, yeah, I, you, you, just, you can just see that the Bengals had a little bit more bounce in their legs. And, uh, you know, going into the second half, they closed the game out. So really, yeah, the rest do help a lot. Uh, This year, the first time they ever had an 18-week schedule, uh, extra game. So I think rest helped the Bengals tremendously.
2: Yeah, and I have a theory, guys, Mac and uh, Byron. Uh, The two best teams in the AFC are the Chiefs and the Bills. And they're going to be beating up on one another. That is going to be a terrific game, a terrific game. I can't see it being one sided in any way. I think that's going to be a close game no matter who wins. And I think the Bengal Titan winner is going to benefit a lot because normally I don't think they would beat either those two teams. But that increases their
3: chances now. That's just my feeling. I, well, I think that's I think that's a good logical uh, uh, explanation. But-
1: Jack Jack thinks Byron that the, the the Bengals and the Titans won't be beating up each other. They they they'll be just taking it easy out there on the field. That you know they're not going to be physical. They're not going to run hard. They're not so so you know that that's that's going to be a clear advantage for Buffalo and Sam and the Chiefs because the Bengals and the Titans are going to beat up on each other. Come on, that's just no.
2: I mean, listen, when all factors are equal the better team wins, but that is going to throw it out of whack a little bit because I don't think the Bill Chief winner, it's it's an emotional type game. Mac, there's history behind this. When the Miami Dolphins went back-to-back, back, you know, they won two Super Bowls in a row. They played, you know, the Oakland Raiders who were a great team in the semifinals the Raiders won on that Ken Stabler crazy flip pass at the end of the game. That was an emotional game. The next week the Raiders were flat against the Steelers and actually lost. Okay. It's you know, like the, it's the well. best team. That's I, just I,
3: one incident. That's one incident, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you look at the playoffs and the championship run, you always have to look at the running game, the defense, and the head coaches. That I think when the people that have that in place had a better chance of winning
0: the games, in my
1: opinion. That's a great great point, Byron. But it's also, it's not the best team wins. It's the best team on that day wins. It doesn't matter what you did the whole year. And how can you say that Kansas City's a better team than Buffalo when they play? It's the team that's best on that day. That's the great thing about football. There's no... that is. Yeah, I and mean, yeah. yeah. So that that the Bengals. It's just like, like
3: it's just for example. It's just like the Jaguar playing the Colts at the end of the season. Yeah, it's crazy. The culture. You know, this are, been the, this yeah. has been one of the. This has one been one of the abnormal years for us predicting scores and who gonna win these these games.
1: Yes, and and you know, I, nobody's gonna be arrested because another team is playing. They're both playing. But both but playing. I
3: tell you what, it it I think in the playoff the games become more physical. Of oh, sure. they do. So it's gonna be some big hits. It's gonna be some guys that's you know gonna take some chances. And and I tell you, um big plays and mistakes. You can't have mistakes like penalties. Oh man, they'd kill you. So I think the, the better prepared teams are the teams that are gonna go to the Super Bowl. Great. But it's exciting that these these last eight teams are all great. They all yeah. they all deserve I to be agree. in the Super Bowl.
1: I agree. I agree. They all should, they all can make the Super Bowl. You got San Francisco, almost a touchdown underdog against Green Bay. San Fran, a very physical team offensively and defensively, and of course you got probably the smoothest quarterback in the NFL right now. Another, another probably MVP year for him, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, a lot of his players are coming back healthy on the offensive line, which is good news for him. Uh, they do have a good running game there too. I, I think the biggest thing is they gotta hit Rodgers like they did two years ago when they beat him in the championship. They gotta hit him and then San Francisco has got to run the ball and control the game. Maybe a quick advantage because Green Bay didn't play last week. Maybe they start off slow. And and I think San Francisco has to get out to the lead first, Byron.
3: Absolutely. And I and I, I, I give you the heads up. You, you said the 49ers was gonna beat the Cowboys. And yeah, that was a great game. And you you called it. But yeah. Um, but I, I tell you
2: I called it too. Don't give Mac all the credit. I joined Mac in that. That's I mean Mac Mac wouldn't have mentioned my
3: name if I didn't say anything. You've been you've been right more than more than most people, I tell you that. So you you is a you're an expert for sure. Yeah. But but you know what I like about Green Bay? It's gonna be a good physical game in the cold weather and all that good stuff. So this is really the nature of football this time of the year. So I'm excited about watching this game because it's going to be a good physical game. And I, I, I just think Green Bay going to have the edge because of Rodgers, no doubt. Well, there's and, something uh, that bothers me, you know,
2: with the NFL in general, that's going to be hard for you to comment on. Uh, the concussion protocol. Boza went out of the game last week. The 49ers great pass Russia. Right. Shanahan thinks he's going to be back to play, you know, this weekend. Okay, and you suffer concussion. And if it's a severe concussion, I can't see a guy coming back next week. If this were boxing, it's a mandatory 90-day suspension. And I just don't know. I mean, I, I know the NFL has taken great steps to address but
3: that. I want you to remember this too, though, Jack. When we played, we got concussion and played, go back in the game. I know. I know back in the day, yeah. Yeah, So, so – I'm thinking it's still going to be up to the player. It's going to be up to his uh, weekly preparation leading up to the game. And I think I think he's going to play. Right. But Mac mentions a point. That, again, we're getting back to the rest factor. The
2: four, who's going to benefit more? The 49ers had this great game with the Cowboys. Now, either it's going to sharpen them up, give them more momentum, or it's going to emotionally drain them a little. You know, probably one of the two. While the Packers are kind of well-rested, focused on the 49ers, who's benefiting the team that was in action, the Niners? Are they are they on a run all of a sudden? Do they have a momentum with the win over the 49ers that's going to maybe propel them over the Packers? Are the Packers just
3: waiting well-rested to do a job on the Niners? I think the, like the latter part of it. I think the Packers just waiting. They're going to do a job on the 49ers. I just think that that week, no doubt, the week uh, off give them a little bit more advantage. In my opinion, I think um, the, the same thing as the Titans. They they both gonna have um, they ready to play, and they you know they they got healthy players coming back. They had another week to prepare and game plan, and I think those teams do have the advantage. That's the whole purpose of get being number one. You know, being the number one-rated uh, division in, uh, in the AFC and the NFC, you get that extra week off, and everybody worked hard to get that. It's And you do have the advantage, in my opinion. I think you have well between three points uh, advantage and you have home field advantage. And I think
1: that's what you want when you're playing in the National Football League. Well, we could just look at last year. We could look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that didn't have a week off. yeah, And you had the Chiefs that had a week off and uh, they both went to the super bowl tampa bay won it i think it's 50-50 and i'll tell you what Byron. i would rather i would rather have played and keep that juice going than sit back and i don't you can't help it you're a human being you're going to say well, you're going to review what are you going to review you're going to look you're going to watch tape of the 49ers and you're going to watch tape of the dallas cowboys that doesn't keep the juices flowing i'm not saying you're wrong cuz casey yeah. did casey did go to the super bowl i'm saying that, you know, in my opinion, what Tampa Bay did last year, playing every week, gave them an advantage because they kept their their enthusiasm, their peak, their sharpness is all on the field. And, and not that you're wrong. I don't know no. what's going to happen. I just say if Green Bay gets off to a slow start because they're a little rusty and they haven't been hitting and playing at football speed, mm-hmm. 49ers jump out to a quick lead, it might be a long day for Green Bay. That's all. Yeah, and, 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 and and of
3: course they they playing good football too, but yeah, I think too, with Tom Brady going up there last year, I think that's the advantage that he had. Tom Brady don't make a whole lot of mistakes oh, and he keeps everybody focused the whole game. and yeah. I think I think that was the, that was the edge that Tampa Bay had last year. but if I were Green Bay, I would say this would happen last year and and I, and I do think they're not going to let that same problem happen or catch them this year. And that's why I think Green Bay gonna be better prepared this year.
1: No, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that.
2: Yeah, how much would? How much does it mean to Aaron Rodgers having Randall Cobb back? Because that's his, you know, one of his favorite guys on the team. He requested they get Randall Cobb back, and they got him back from Houston. Does that give a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers an emotional lift? he's such a, you know, a veteran that you know he's so even keel no matter
3: what. Oh yeah, no doubt. Because, I mean, they can just look at each other, and 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 they, he know he gonna throw him the ball. And they, they they practice this stuff, so they they got each other down. I mean, just the, just the the, the just the the chemistry that they have. You know, it, it's just a sight you can't hardly. You know, it's just they said that Aaron Rodgers uh, text, uh texted while he was with his wife one day during the week and said, "You're the best player to ever play with me." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Little things like that really matters so they got their timing down. Uh, um, they're exciting to watch, and I think Aaron Rodgers know that he got to have he got to have that that type of play on the right. Team. Those
2: emotional lifts, like when Mac texts me during the week and tells me I better get it together. You know that doesn't, uh,
3: you know. That doesn't, he just yeah. only texts me. He texts you. Uh, yeah, text. he texts you and gets you going. He compliments you with those. Man, he I tell you what, yeah. he get me motivated all through the week, all through the week.
1: <laughs> uh um, but, you know, you know, by what I think, like I said, if for the San to win, they're going to have to hit Rodgers. They're probably going to have to do with four guys. They can't be blitzing on Rodgers because they'll pick you apart. They did it two years ago, but this is a different year. So it should be a good game. I'm looking forward to that game too. You yeah. got the Rams playing the Bucs. Very interesting to me. The Rams won all in. They get Matt Stafford, uh, who was up and down. I mean, some games he looks lights out. and some games, he, he throws interceptions. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. You got Tom Brady with a few injured guys there. Uh, but it's Tom Brady. He's gonna make almost any receiver look good. He's done that in New England for years. Right. Still got Godwin there. He's still got a good tight end. Um, he's still got a good running game. The Rams have a good running game. The defense of the Rams seems to be coming together. I think this is gonna be another, another hard-fought game, Byron.
3: Absolutely. And the 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 Rams got to keep the ball away from Tom Brady. That's the only way you're gonna beat them. Not keeping him off the football field because if he's on the football field, Tom Brady gonna throw that ball forty times, use every personnel he have, and just pick you apart. And, and within one to two seconds, he already know, and he can read he can read those defenses like no other. So his his experiences and, and, and what he brings to the game is just unmatched. So I'm thinking I'm thinking that um, the Rams have to play a perfect game. Aaron Donald and those guys, all those guys, got to do a phenomenal job on the defense. You know they, um, you know they, they they played a good game last week, um, but it's gonna be a whole different thing when they go to Tampa.
2: See, I look at it a little different. I think the Rams' defense is gonna play well. I'm not concerned about them, but Tampa Bay, see, on defense, they seem to be peaking now. They they have their guys back. They're ready. I mean, they're ready now, come playoff time defensively. I mean, so I, I think that's where it lies. The pressures on Matthew Stafford. I I know they have the weapons, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle at running back, Cooper Cup, OBJ, you know, on the receiver positions. So they have the weapons, but uh I think the Tampa Bay defense, if all cylinders are going and they're at their very best, that's where the game's gonna be won and
3: lost. Well, I I tell you another thing too that might might cause a distraction is Todd Bowles and Byron Electric, They are for jobs, and I just hope that they preparation this week is good throughout both offense and defense for the but for the bus because the Rams they they did everything to go to the Super Bowl for us that personnel preparation and things like that. So I you know I expect a good game. I it it should be. Just a fun week to watch football uh-huh. mac yeah. byron makes a fantastic point and
2: that's always bothered me these coaches interviewing for the positions and imagine you accept the position but you're still with you know the team that you're under the contract with and you're coaching them i mean even though all coaches are supposed to be professional and give a hundred percent to that team it doesn't have 100% of your attention. You're thinking of your new team, what you have to do. One foot is really out the door. And Byron, I can, I get a feeling the players can sense that, that the coach is going elsewhere. And as soon as the game's over, he's leaving. They never seeing him again. I don't think that's a healthy, you know, thing for a team.
3: Yeah, and I think they should do something about that for, yeah. us, you know, talking and, And interrupting the season. It's not good for the player, not good for the morale of the team. I think it's kind of disruptive.
1: Yeah, it's it's, a great point, Jack. Great uh, point, Byron. The thing I can see with Brady as far as the Rams defense versus the Cardinals is Brady and Kyle Murray are two different quarterbacks. Murray's going to try to extend the play. Brady's not going to do that. That ball's coming out in two seconds. So these guys had better um, either move Brady off his mark or have really good coverage downfield. It's gonna be really interesting. The whole the whole chess game playing that game between both defenses and both offense, I think, are gonna be. Out but there. you know
3: what? Tom Brady got a great uh pocket presence. Yeah, he released that ball, he used his running backs. Of course, you know he's using grop, the tight ends, and everybody else. Yeah. I mean, he just fun to watch. And and so you you know, you see how the game should be played professional he don't he don't you know he, he come off the field. He he know exactly what he needs to look at. He reviewed the he reviewed the sheets and the game plan and, and the formations out there on that football field. And then he go back out there and execute. So yeah. why why not, you know, it's just fun watching him. It's gonna be a fun game. I just hope the Ram defense can come come to the party and, and they they're supposed to be ready to play. So we'll see. With Bart Miller, you no know, he finally got a sack. He finally showed up last week. But we'll see, you know, what they'll do, what they're gonna do. But so like I said, man, I just it's just exciting fun to watch these games because this it's gonna be whoever can make the the plays and, and make it happen, especially going into the fourth quarter. Oh yeah. Mac, we got Mac, you and I have to hold Byron accountable for something and not let him off the
2: hook. He picked the Arizona Cardinals to win the Super Bowl now. He's got a review at one time, and I'm going to just say something about Kyler Murray. He is the Cardinal franchise quarterback, but I can't remember a quarterback stock going down so much in one game. He went from an elite quarterback to you kind of wonder, who was this guy just flipping the ball on the hand to get rid of it? I mean, for the pick six, he he was awful during the game, his leadership his technique,
3: everything. I mean, how do you respond to that? I I agree. I messed up. I, I called it completely wrong. That's my first time to ever see him play like that. Of course, he had his worst game ever in his life. But, you know, I know his dad. I know his work habits and things. But, man, for him to play a game like that, I don't know. It's something about the Rams, though, that got him got him all shook up. The Rams, he's he scared, he scared of the Rams. And I'm just I'm just gonna be point blank. He looks cannot play the round. You play the round, you can just stick him on the bench forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it looks that way, Byron. 0-8 now. So we got a last game coming up. The Bills in Kansas City. I mean, this is this is the Bills opportunity, right? This is they're supposed to be the next team in line. They gotta beat the old, they gotta beat the old guard, right? They're going right. to against Josh Allen. Had a tremendous passing week last week. Only threw four five touchdowns. Five. five touchdowns. The Buffalo Bills scored seven touchdowns on seven opportunities. Kansas City looks like they're back on all cylinders again on offense and defense. did look bad either. Of course, it was against the Steelers' offense. So, Josh Allen, I think, is going to have success passing the ball and running the ball against the Chiefs. I think Mahomes is going to have success throwing the ball against the Buffalo Bills' defense. I think it comes down to the defenses, Byron. Who stops who on that last drive, right? I mean, if you could Absolutely. stop if you could stop Mahomes at one time, or you can stop Josh Allen at one time, you got yourself a winner. I think it's probably the best game this weekend.
3: It's probably gonna be the most exciting, the best game. They got firework, they got something. They bring everything to the game that you want to see in the, in football. And I'm gonna make a bold prediction. The winner of this game
1: will win the Super Bowl. Oh, all right. All right, could be right. I mean, that's that's not a bad prediction. I'll tell you I, I
3: just think I just think it's the right. Bills' time. The way they played, they 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 do did some adjustments, and I just think that's this another team got some people that's looking at their defense coordinator and some of the offense coordinators, and that's another team that's maybe have some distraction too with the head coaching vacancies around the league. So it's gonna be good, but the Bills, the way they played last week, they can beat anybody. Well, that yeah, I'm not going to argue
2: that point because the Bills were great last week. But was it a question of them being so great and New England being so bad? Because I'll admit, I, you know, I can't figure out New England after they started the season one and four. They went on that great run and we thought they were actually going to go to the Super Bowl. They were really peaking on the Belichick. And, and the way they finished the season so poorly and then you figure, well, this is now playoff time. They'll be ready they they were awful.
3: They well, were, you you I got to you got to put awful. that check. You got to put that check mark by that quarterback. If that check mark on that quarterback, I mean Matt Jones is a great quarterback. Uh, second, you know, uh, but I'm telling you, you got to look at the quarterbacks too when you're talking about the Super Bowl. When you're talking about Super Bowl run, and because once you start making mistakes, it been it's it's been you know look at the quarterbacks. The the ones that gonna go to the Super Bowl are being led by those quarterbacks. So another so
2: that it's, it's, if that's the case, then Cincinnati should be Tennessee because you think Joe Burrow has more upside than Ryan Tannehill, and Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Even though you have to give an edge to Mahomes, Josh Allen is an elite quarterback. You could look at that. So then you have to pick the Packers over the Niners because Aaron Rodgers is obviously ahead of Garoppolo. And, and then Brady is ahead of Stafford. You know, if you want to kind of look at it that way, picket games based on the quarterback. But that's not how it comes out. The defenses do rise to the occasion, and the quarterback becomes a lot less effective than he's normally been.
3: Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, then and you got to look at the head coach. I said head coach too. Put the head mm-hmm. coach in there. And then the intangible thing is the uh, special teams. You know, uh, the special team going – Make a play or get a score, run a kick out back or punt back. For all these uh, special team gonna have a fumble, a turnover, and uh, and that do change the momentum of the games. Well, you know, Mac left me the other
2: day because I mentioned about Julio Jones that the old dog might have something left. Ryan yeah. Tannenhill might hook up with them, and Mac dismissed it.
1: Nah, Julio Jones is all done, Jack. I mean, yeah, you know, Julio
3: Jones is looking at the retirement
1: season. He's all done. Even even at his best, he couldn't he didn't make a lot of touchdown catches. He made some big catches, but he had a problem scoring. Oh, he
2: was great at his best, guys. Come on. Uh, be a, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes, he will be a Hall of Famer. And that will be this year after he retires. I, I think he should have retired this year, but that's okay. Uh they got uh, they, he really got his money from from Tennessee. So Byron, I want to I appreciate you coming in. Break it down to games with us, using your experience, being in the playoffs, being an NFL football player uh, is invaluable to our show. And it's invaluable to JB Talking Shop every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central on uh, Northeast Streaming Sports Roku channel in YouTube channel. So be sure to check him and Jim Chef Code out every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Byron, again, thank you. It's going to be a great. I, I'm excited for these playoffs. First time in a real long time, Byron.
3: All right. You guys have a great weekend. I appreciate you. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye.
1: There you go, folks. Byron Williams giving you his NFL breakdown and doing a great job. As always, we're going to sneak out of here for a, a quick break. We'll be back on the other side with Keith Angle, TGI Sports uh, talk host. He's going to be breaking down a lot of the college information, the Pats a little bit, a little bit about the Knicks, and maybe uh, something else. We'll see. He'll talk about anything. So we'll be right back after these messages, folks, with Keith Angle. Stay tuned. Hold on one second. Let me get here. You know, Jack, I don't know sometimes, man. I think I should just – there we go. See you in a little bit.
4: If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS.
0: Cheetos presents Chester Cheetah. I'm Chester Cheetah. I'm just a cool dude in a loose mood. Until I see those Cheetos, then my cool turns to drool. My style and ease surrender to my urge for the snack that goes crunch. It's not easy being cheesy. Cheetos, cheese, flavored snack, cheese, the ghost, and crunch. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over?
2: I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things.
0: I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? grandma this is hard she's so young but i know i need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol if anyone ever does offer you a drink i want you to say no i have too much respect for my family and i don't want to get in trouble
2: okay i think we're unique because now as you can see we are
0: in a studio atmosphere i love you too okay how about what you think Mm. some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old it's not too early to talk (laughs) about drinking for tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and the station. I took keep a to banana and I'm here to say I am the top banana in the world today. Now you know the best bananas in the land. So don't sleep with an inferior brand. When it says "cheeky," it's a very good day to buy bananas. It If you talk, they will hear you oh, no. every single time. Oh, we're getting killed. Yeah. Well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Carl mm-hmm. and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt, that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, Nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? (laughs) They never admit it, Bill. But they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
1: This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports.
4: Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac and Jack Sports Show, our Friday edition as me and Jack break down all the NFL updates, playoffs coming up this week, and all sports, really. We'll cover all sports on this program until our two designated shows, one on Saturday where we have our debate show, and Sunday where we have our big football show with co-host Jim Jeffcoat, Dallas legend, and uh, we have a lot of previews of the games coming up. And believe it or not, Jack, Keys will be doing a Bills preview. The Patriots commentator himself will be doing a Bills preview for us uh, AFC East, you know, he knows a lot about the bill. So that should be interesting. And, uh, you know, we're live right now, folks on Roku. If you haven't uh, downloaded the app or the, um, or the channel, same thing, really. If you haven't, and you have a Roku TV go on down there and download it and check out our live shows and our videos on demand. We're also on the YouTube channel of Northeast streaming sports. Please go over there and subscribe. And if you just like using Facebook, just follow uh, Northeast Streaming Sports or Mac, Mac Sports, uh, and you'll have the Mac and Jack Sports Show for you on Facebook. So we're at a lot of places, Jack. We'll later be on iHeartRadio. We'll be on Spotify, iTunes, and all that good stuff. So uh, we're everywhere, folks, uh, but we just started a Roku channel, so we'd appreciate it if you go over there. We're lining up some live action uh, for this year with a new league, uh, the independent. Uh, football league semi pro great, great players, great, great, great games over there. Very competitive. It'll be springtime, it'll be April time frame, uh, where we will be uh, uh transmitting their live games. So, as Jack uh does whatever he's doing over there, I'll continue talking. <laughs> we'll have Keith Angle up next, folks. I can't eat. We'll have Keith Angle up next, uh, with his uh, uh previews. Uh, or his updates on a lot of college sports and stuff like that. So uh, we'll be talking to him soon, as soon as Jack has to leave. I guess Jack has to leave. He was muted, so he had to go somewhere. So I guess he's just leaving me here at our own, uh, at my own devices. So, folks, again, check us out. Check out our Roku channel. Uh, check out our, our YouTube channel. And, again, Facebook. I guess Jack's coming back in now because he was muted before, so I had no idea what he was talking about. And now he's coming back in. Maybe he's coming back on in on another system. Um we'll bring him up and see what's going on as he's checking out various things uh on his board there. So let's bring him up and see what, what what's up there. What's going on? Hey Jeff? Mac.
2: Uh I can't hear you, Mac.
1: You can't hear me?
2: Uh it's very hot.
1: Well, I don't know what you're what you're on. You just I came out. I don't on- know.
2: Technical difficulty here, but I'll tell you, Mac, I could barely make out what you're saying, but we have some great guests. I was basically going to relax anyway, listen in, you know, with Keith and Pags, what they have to say. But of course, I won't be able to resist throwing in my two cents now and then.
1: We got to wait till they get here, Jack. What do you mean you can't hear me? You just went out and came back in. You couldn't hear me when we came back from break? Uh, Hard to hear. Hard to hear. So Jack is going to be here, but he can't hear what I'm saying, which is normal for Jack. Uh, he doesn't pay attention to what I say anyway. So um so anyway, hopefully in two minutes we'll have Keith on here as we'll talk a little bit about Knicks and stuff like that. Can you hear me at all, Jack?
2: A little bit. Very right. very yeah, go ahead,
1: Matt. Keep talking. <laughs> all
2: right,
1: I'll keep talking, Jack. One of the things I want to talk about to Keith about, I want to get into with you uh first is the Knicks. Um, you know they won five out of six. They, now they've lost two in a row. Um, it doesn't seem like they're going to go anywhere this year, Jack, after a pretty successful year. Last year, um, you know, uh, our our great forward was technically fouled out and got kicked out of the game as we were coming back against another team. Uh, what's your What's your opinion on the Knicks? I mean, has, are they done? Well, Jack is now uh, – I, I got to let you go, Jack. You get it together. Uh, you know, he went black on me. I don't know what he's doing over there right now, folks. So anyway, the Knicks, the Knicks are the Knicks, you know, they won five out of six. It look, finally looked like they were gonna get it together, that they were uh they were gonna kind of make a move, winning five out of six games. Um, you know, they uh they they just don't have it. They lost two in a row now. Um it's it's defensively last year was the thing that made them stand out, right? The defense of the Knicks. Kept them in games. Their offense fed off their defense, and this year it doesn't seem like they have that same chemistry uh, with with the uh, with their defense, with the new players they got. Kemba Walker was supposed to be a great addition. Fournier for scoring. Um, Barrett's having a good season this year. I mean, uh, he's finally coming, you know, as as he should as our first round pick. He's playing outstanding, but their identity for the Knicks are gone that defense that they had last year during the regular season isn't playing the same way. Randall uh, really is successful in that kind of, de- in that kind of game plan where you feed the defense and then you go to offense and Randall's the one that got teed up right last. He, he was mad because he didn't get a foul called against them on a block, which the player did hit him on the elbow in the face and all that good stuff. But the player did get ball too. So that, that call could have went either way. Um, Marlon gets upset. He gets kicked out of the game. The Knicks were coming on then, and that just kind of deflated the Knicks. So, I'm not sure what the next step for the Knicks is. Do they is do they make a big trade? Do they try to you know improve what they got? It's it's going to be it's going to be interesting over there because we've been waiting a long time for the Knicks to do something, right? I mean, we've been waiting. I don't know how many years since the '70s uh, when they won a championship. I think it was '71 or '72. Then they have a big resurgence under Pat Ewan, and and you know Patrick Ewan was there, and he really didn't have a number two to play with. I mean, Oakley was there, you know, Starks was there. They had some good players, but not really a number two. And Ewan really just couldn't do it all by himself. He did a good job, maybe underrated, um, but uh, the Knicks continued not to be able to get to that championship and win it. Right, they got there once, but they didn't win it. And now. We get excited after last year with them, you know, them coming in uh, fourth place, something we didn't expect. And then they end up, you know, uh, losing to the Hawks pretty badly in the playoffs. And it doesn't look like they rebounded from that. So they go out, they get Kemba Walker, they get Fournier. These guys can score. Fournier can't play defense. Kemba Walker's so-so but they kind of lost their identity, right? And we'll talk more about it here with Keith Angle since Jack is still on the Fritz over there. He's having problems, can't hear. He's a black spot now over there. So let's bring in Keith. And me and Keith can handle this. So Keith from TGI Sports, great show, great host. Let's bring him up and see what's going on. How are you doing? Good morning,
4: Mag. So Jack's on the Fritz's computer or Jack is literally on the Fritz? I
1: I don't know. Keith, we came back from break. And then he said he can't hear me. And then he went off. And he came back in. And they went black. He's back there tinkering right now. I don't know whether to bring him up or not.
4: Now he just he went off again. You got to get him an IT staff over
1: there. So he, <laughs> I'll, you know. to, I'll tell you, Keith. I've tried to help him out off camera, and I've tried to you know uh, to help him do the basic things. And he just, he just I don't know. He tells me he comes in the back door to the show. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what a back door. You know? I, I thought it was just. You know pretty simple, you clicked on a link and you came in. I don't know, but now he said you got to come in the back door, so
4: that's pretty funny,
1: whatever that means. That's what he does, I guess. <laughs> so we'll see if he comes back on again. So I got a lot to talk to you about, Keith, especially all right, college sports and and and, and whatnot. Um, Caitlin Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner, came out and called out the NCAA and said, Hey, listen, this transgender women thing is unfair to biological women, and of course. We know. Caitlyn Jenner was Bruce Jenner, who wanted you know was a, a medalist in the the uh, decathlon, and he yeah. is now a transgender uh, woman, and he's because of uh, uh, some success the University of Pittsburgh swimmers having. I'm trying to remember her name. I knew it before. Leah something or other. She's winning all the the swim meets.
4: Yeah, I know the story. And this,
1: yeah, yeah, and, and this is something Jack talked about. I think we might even talked about once or twice, where you know these men, biological men. On the average, have an unfair advantage over the biological women. Men are biologically stronger. Have a bigger respiratory system. You yeah. know, are real faster. And to let these transgender women compete against biological women, it's just unfair to women. So,
0: what are I
4: I don't disagree at all. I mean, obviously, there's an inherent advantage men have, and you know, again. um, There are very good women athletes out there, tremendous women athletes out there in every sport. But, you know, the best female is not going to be able to compete with the best male, not even on a golf course to to use a sport you don't necessarily care for. But maybe physical attributes would not be as much of of a disadvantage. It still would be in golf just because of the distance uh, men can hit it compared to women. And it's not not a knock on women in any way, shape or form. But, you know, it's not fair to them for for people who are biologically men to be able to compete um on that level. It's just again, it, it's interesting the way we go in society. I don't want to get into a whole political uh, uh, discussion obviously, but you know, it's a slippery slope where we go and now it's creeping into the world of sports like everything else does. And it's just it it's unwarranted and it's not fair to the females for sure.
1: And and you know, and it has nothing to do with your social, civil, political rights doing this. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can assume any right. di- identity you want. Oh, I, don't I don't care me either, but don't, but when you start going up against and putting an unfair advantage to something else, when you're hurting someone else, then I think now it's gone a little too far. Uh, the NCA is reviewing its policy now, whatever that means. Um, they're going to try mm-hmm. to, I guess, do something, but,
4: uh, you they're know, a fairly I mean, liberal organization, so I, I don't yeah. necessarily think they're going to make a change. But what happens when it seeps into professional sports? Is the WNBA going to let, uh, uh right. you know, biological men play in the WNBA? How fair right. would that be? Right. I agree. You I know? agree.
1: Keith. And, and you know, it's affecting them at the lower levels where, you know, there's they're breaking records. They're taking scholarships away from females because they that's got to another go good license. point. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I've been I've been I've been yelling this from the mountaintops that, you know, it, either they compete as a transgender uh, uh, league and <laughs> good or, you know, y- 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 you got to pick the side. And just because you can't oh. win in men's sports doesn't mean you could do a, a, a change to go compete in women's sports, which has happened. So, uh, yeah, I think this is something that. That, and Caitlyn Jenner coming out, I think adds a lot of credence.
4: Well, she, she, she is somebody who knows something about this topic, right? Have yeah. been a, having been as a male, one of the best athletes in the world at right. one time, and uh, knows something about the topic. So you have to, you can't take it with a grain of salt. I agree. I agree. Pay for play, Keith. Um, you know,
1: this is this. Uh, of course, you're not really for it. I'm not. I'm not sure. I you know, I I'm I'm looking at the relationship that's going to change. This is history being made and before our eyes, right? This is the biggest thing in college sports since they they you know they they uh put up a board way back when in the 20s to protect kids from getting killed in college sports. Um this is this is unbelievable what's happened. I don't think people realize the significance of this. The mm-hmm. relationship from university to student is now becoming employer to employee, right? Where the the, the recruitment alone, you know, if I'm going to be going to a school, say, here in my region or Alabama, where I'm going to be seen more and they can offer me, hey, we have these sponsors. We can, you know, I mean, because a recruitment tool, doesn't it?
4: Well, part of the that and that's the problem. Uh, when the when the ruling came down, part of the ruling the NCAA made and uh, the states that did make it legal was that it could not be used as a recruiting tool, and anybody thought that it wouldn't be was not really living in the real world. Obviously, it's going to get used as a recruiting tool. I mean, the kid, uh, the cornerback, I can't remember his name, that went to Jackson State that Deion Sanders got didn't go there because he thinks, you know, that's a better place to go than Florida State for him. There's obviously money involved there, and it's a slippery slope. Um, I You know, the more I've thought about this, and I read some articles about it recently, Mac, I think... As far as a regulation is this, this thing, I think it's gonna start to regulate itself because as these guys, these sponsors, is the the and it's gonna be the alumni, right? The boosters who are gonna put up all this money. They're the guys who have the interest. As they start don't not getting return on their investments, the, the kid got a million dollars to go to Ohio State this year, the quarterback, and never even uh, never even practiced once before he left the school. Derek King at Miami uh, had a big deal with the Florida Panthers uh, this year. They probably didn't get a lot of return on that investment, and I think that will start to to uh, control this. How this works, it doesn't mean there won't be money available, and it doesn't mean the better players aren't going to end up in the better schools because that's who, at the end of the day, is going to end up getting the money as the guys that are going to give, you know, the people sponsoring these players, uh, return on their investment. So, it, look. It's not good for sports and it's not a, it's not strictly an employee employee uh, employer relationship with the school and player because theoretically the school's not involved in the in the payments but you know we all know that if this thing goes unchecked and you leave the schools to police themselves, this is going to be a mess at some point and there'll be a huge scandal It's just waiting to happen.
1: well if, if you if you team that up with the you know the, the player portal transfer, I mean, this is going to this is going to yeah. determine where where players go too. I mean, listen if That's agents gonna, if, if agents are going to get involved in this, which they are, and and sponsorship executives and then commercial executives, and some players are going to get paid and others aren't or not as much. The next logical step, Keith, and I mark my words, about five years, you're going to talk about unionizing college sports and players. And when yeah. that happened, they tried it once already. I think it was in the West in the Western League. Northwestern. It was in the Northwestern Pac-10 if I'm not mistaken. Northwestern. It Was it. a big
4: Big 10 it was Northwestern.
1: Yeah, Northwestern, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm not sure uh what's going to happen when all of a sudden uh the March Madness doesn't go off because there's a strike. And once they unionize all the players, will end up getting paid in one form or another financially. Yeah. Because that's what a union's all about, and there's nothing legally they can do to stop that once they, once they open this door.
4: No, yeah, it's a great point. The transfer portal, as you said, just enhances the, the player's earning ability because everybody can be a, a free agent every year, right. right? I mean, look at Caleb Williams who got the starting job at, at uh, Oklahoma this year and by all intents and purposes was locked in. Now, I know his coach left, but it's like he went in the portal just to follow Lincoln Riley to USC. He's in a portal to see if he can get a better offer somewhere else money-wise, not playing-wise. Right. You know, being a starting quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners is certainly a big enough uh, position that you don't need to shop your services around somewhere else I agree. unless it's for money. I agree. And, and
1: Carlos has, has a point. Right now there's NCA standards. But yeah. once this is open, you cannot prevent any organization from unionizing. That's illegal to try to prevent that. So I'm just saying, Keith, I think natural progression, and this is natural progression, that you may see the NCAA championship being withheld because there's a strike. And I right. wouldn't be surprised that happens soon.
4: So, right. And, you know, regardless whether there's requir- uh, standards and requirements for payments, I and mean, when you're letting the universities police themselves in a lot of cases, that's just a rep- recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah.
1: And, so, and, and you know maybe the SEC is tied into this for in their own league. I mean, there there may be things behind it we don't even know about. I mean, that's being knows. talked about. You don't know. So uh maybe maybe a little bit of a, you know a, a, a conspiracy theory on my part, but I know there's things being said behind the doors that we never hear about. So that's going to be really really interesting. As of Knicks five out of six lose two to roll. Randall gets yes. TO'd out. Um, You know, I I mean, I I just think uh, the players they picked up, it was good intentions to improve their offense, Mm -hmm. and it really has backfired against them this year, Keith. Yeah,
4: yeah, the chemistry's not there. They did have a nice run. They got to over 500 here. uh, And then, I mean, this loss last night to the Pelicans was just atrocious at home. You can't be losing that game, much less in the fashion that they lost it. Yeah. it's just not a good mix of players it's just it, they had a great chemistry you know and an identity last year that has go- totally been blown apart this year and the trading deadline's coming up I think here in a few weeks so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see some big moves made again you know the Knicks made we as we talked about made a little run and they got to a game over 500 now they've lost three in a row to some teams that are not that good. Well the Hornets yeah. are playing okay, but you know, it's 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 been indicative of this of the next season, you know, win three, lose two, win win two, lose three. I mean, it's just it's just not good. And this team's not going anywhere in in the in the, and I got a little excited last week that they were starting to make a run. Right, look and then a week, you know, I'm right back to where I was that this, this team is nowhere. And this isn't a coaching issue. This isn't a Thibodeau problem. To me, this is a Leon Rose problem because he's the guy and I'm not saying Thibodeau didn't have some input but Leon Rose this was we talked about it last year that this year was going to be so key for Leon Rose uh what he did to keep this team's momentum going up because just making the playoffs and getting into you know losing the first round was okay last year but not going to be okay this year and now it's even worse yeah and the fan good. base is going to turn on this this uh, uh hierarchy pretty quickly I, I they don't get know. it going. I agree with that too. And uh and
1: and basketball again, I mean, I know um, you know, there's there's upsets every week and 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 you know, you got you got switching off first, second, and third. I really don't think that this matters, especially early right now. Um, you know, March, college March basketball, talking about? yeah, yeah, college yeah. basketball. I mean, yeah. you got January, February. I imagine, you know, you hit mid February mid-February to late February when you start seeding these teams. Do you do? You, are you surprised by any team so far, Keith? Over there,
4: uh, I'm surprised about uh, uh, Wisconsin a little bit. They're always sneaky good, though. I'm um, a, l- a little bit surprised that uh, um, who did I have on my mind here? Um, I'm I'm a little surprised Kentucky has rebounded as as much as they have. They're they're probably going to be in the top ten when the new rankings come out. I think the thing that surprises me more than anything, Mac, has been the overall uh, parity in in the NCAA basketball this year. Last year, it was basically, you know, waiting around for Baylor and Gonzaga to get to the final because they were both undefeated much of the year, and they were the best two teams, and we knew it. This year, we've already had five number ones. There's been 19 different teams in the top 10 this year, and there's any team... I mean, look, at we talk about surprises, and maybe they aren't a surprise. Loyal Loyola Chicago, in, at number 22, uh, after losing a really good coach in Porter Mosier to the Oklahoma Sumers, Sooners, uh, continue to play very good basketball. This is a year that I think you're going to see in the Final Four. You may see it. I think you're going to see at least one, if not two, mid-majors with a real shot of getting to the Final Four this year because there's – there's some good teams in some leagues that you wouldn't normally think about and you got to watch out for them come uh, uh, come tournament time and we're getting there you know it's a we've got another month and we'll be talking about conference tournaments uh, uh, getting ready to be played and that's when it really things really ramp up you know the few weeks leading up to the conference tournaments and then you're gonna have teams like North Carolina. I, there's another thing that surprises me not in a good way, how bad the ACC is now Duke's better this year. But I'm not so sure how much of that is masked by the fact that the ACC is not that good.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's it's hard to, it's hard to tell, ain't it, really, Keith? Because they don't play a lot of out of conference games. I mean, they pay well so early. early on, but yeah. But I mean, I mean, normally they're matched up the big teams against the really okay yeah. teams, right? So it's it's a warm up for to get them going. But it but you really don't see the big teams from each division playing each other. I don't think that I see that much. It's normally they stay within conference and they build up their conference things. I think that's why March Madness is so exciting, right?
4: Yeah, because, you get a few of those matchups early yeah. in the year, like in yeah. you know no, late November and December. But yeah. you know now this time of year, no, they're they're concentrating on conference play and and again you look at this, you look at a league that's normally going to have eight teams in the ace in the in the tournament like the ACC normally does. They may only have three. It's true and it's you know it's it's amazing what's happened to that league recently and the teams like Syracuse going there Syracuse is irrelevant Syracuse again my surprises seem to be all disappointments they got some (laughs) guys who can put the ball in the basket finally and now Jim Boeheim's zone doesn't work anymore they've been that relevant except for maybe one year since they moved to the ACC I agree I agree um a little bit a little bit of news about Penny Hardaway big name in
1: basketball right he's having a little problem yeah. down there kind of goes off on the media a little bit because you know he feels that you know all is you know he's playing with subs and young kids against bigger uh, the the older kids in other schools um uh, you know i mean you, you got to expect that being a professional head coach right i, I mean a prof- uh, college head coach
4: you do and penny you know, look at penny was a big name they brought in there um thinking he was going to, you know, get the program back. It's a good basketball program. Had a very good run under John Calipari and uh, uh, Josh Prater uh, after that. But they were languishing before Penny got there. And, you know, he promised a lot of things, and he thought his name was going to bring a lot of great players there. And he hasn't done a good job of recruiting, and he hasn't done a good job of coaching. And the team has languished a little bit. They struggled early last year and went on a run, but – you know, they flamed out fairly early in the tournament. So he's struggling now and you know, he's showing the frustrations that, that come along with it. Uh, you know, they've had a lot of injuries and COVID issues, but so is every team in the country.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I mean, we're talking about basketball. basketball. You
4: so, so you can't use that anymore.
0: No, Let's you're just, it,
4: just again, it doesn't do coaches any good to go off here and, you know, rip the media and rip everybody else. Just no, shut up. It, take it, your it, lumps and it, get your team it better. Like,
1: it looks like sour grapes. It really does. Exactly.
4: It's a good point, know. yes.
1: Um a little future about talk about the Patriots, a little future talk about them here. Um mm-hmm. listen, the pass made the playoffs. A lot of people thought they would finish third behind Miami last year. Uh, they, they did some good things. I think they were exposed a little bit on their defense against Buffalo, you know, giving up all those yards, but not giving up scores was the Patriots thing. Well, you know, that that changed a little bit about against Buffalo. Um, Mac Jones needs another year under his belt, definitely. But yep. the Patriots have, Have got some things they got to work on, right? They got to work on uh, maybe their offensive line a little bit, a little bit more on defense to actually stop the run game a little bit. Um, You know, some things they got to work on. But overall, I think Keith, they played uh, relatively well this year.
4: Well, they did have a good year. I mean, we talked earlier in uh, in the season. I said it, nine wins and fighting for a wild card would be a really good season. And, and if they got in the playoffs, they, nobody would want to play them well. It was a little different than that. They were fighting for the division, and when they got to the playoffs, probably everybody wanted to play them because they were horrible. Right. Um, the run defense, the defense played well in the middle of the year, but you're right. They kept giving up lots of yardage, uh, and it was masking some problems. There were some problems in that defensive secondary that the front seven was – Masking early in the year, and then when the front seven started to to fall apart, I mean, you saw the holes everywhere in the defense against Buffalo. Obviously, they found every hole there is there. So they got to make some. Hightower looked older. I mean, he missed a year last year. He sat out, uh you know, due to due, due to wanting to be safe from COVID. And you know, it's hard for a football player, especially when you're a little bit older, to be able to come back. And he doesn't look like the player that he was. He looks slower. Now there's some really good building blocks there. Barrymore, the kid from uh, from uh, Alabama, played really well at times on the off on the defensive line. Excuse me. Uh, Judon was a great pickup and probably the MVP of that defense. And they can build around that. It's not like they got to retool the whole thing, right? They got to make. They got some big calls to make on veterans. Devin McCourty, uh, whether he comes back, great great player with the Patriots for a long time, and in my mind, he'll be a Hall of Fame uh, safety when it's all said and done. Um, they got to make another big decision on him, as they did last year. So, and then on the offense, as you said, there's a couple of holes on the offensive line. You probably can do make some improvements still in the in the receiving game. I'm not a big Aguirre fan. Um, Born I liked a lot. I a guy I'd love to see them bring back is uh, Braxton Berrios, who they had drafted out of Miami. I was very high on him. They cut him. He's an All-Pro this year, returner with the Jets, and also contributes in the passing game. So. Lot there's work to do, and I, if you ask Bill Belichick to give you an honest answer, I would, th- I'm sure at the end of the season, he was disappointed with the way things ended up. But if you ask him in the beginning, this is how it's going to go, you're going to be ten and seven and and losing the first round of the playoffs. He probably would have been happy with the changes they had to make, and a rookie quarterback. There's no reason for me to be dis. You know, I'm disappointed in that result last week for sure. sure. But I have no reason to be disappointed in this overall season and what the future looks like right now.
1: You know what surprised me a little bit, Keith. Just to just to just to wrap it up, I was surprised that they didn't use the tight ends more at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they really went out and got tight ends, and and they were more throwing to the receivers than the tight ends over the middle, which the Patriots were, were of course, known for. Uh, their running game, you know, going over the middle, then kind of opening up over the top. And I was surprised because of the two tight ends they picked up in the beginning of the year. They really didn't utilize them a lot against Buffalo.
4: Well, that was the plan. And, and what they did both on both sides of the football was to control the middle of the football field, which they did so well during you know most of that 20-year run that they had and winning, you know, all those Super Bowls. Um to the tight end specifically, you know, after midseason, Mac Jones started to develop a little bit of a rapport with Hunter Henry. And they didn't really, but they weren't able to capitalize on it last week, but it still wasn't what I thought it would be. And John o. Smith was just a total bust in my mind. Um, you know, he was barely playing come the end of the year and he would, if he was getting one or two targets a game, it was a lot. Now maybe a year in the system and he was supposed to be the better quarter uh, right. tight end in this, right. in this right. deal. not Henry. Right. Uh, They gave him more money. Uh, now maybe a year in the system, he'll be better. And I think it's, it, he's got to get better. I think for this team to get better and, they need to be able to – and he's also a better blocker than Hunter Henry, so it's important to the running game and protecting the quarterback as well, not just catching the football. But you, I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, I thought that they would make much better use of these guys and control the middle of the football field a little bit more than they did.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, very important for, for a special young quarterback to have that, that tight end or running back or whatever they can throw to. But you know they picked up them two new tight ends, and I thought that was going to be a big part, especially against Buffalo. I didn't think Buff. I thought Buffalo would beat you guys, but I didn't think by like that. Let's put it that. No, way.
4: No, I did not. Think, and by any means, I think they were going to have the one of the second worst defeat in Bill Belichick's uh, career for sure. So, um, and nothing went right. Nothing went right. The offense, I can't get on you. They had no chance because they they never got a chance to get into their game plan. So, there's That's things true. to fix, but there's reasons to be excited and. um And, again, some of these guys maybe will be better in their second year if they get a chance. Um, But I don't know. You know, as as well as I like Kendrick Bourne, uh, the season that he had and played well, especially in the second half, I still think they need to probably upgrade that wide receiver positioning and, as you said, get better play from the tight ends for the offense to be fully efficient.
1: I agree, Keith. Keith, thanks for coming in. We'll see you Sunday. I love that you're previewing the Buffalo Bills for us. That's great. But it's AFC East. You know the Bills pretty well, so it'll be, it will be should be a real good report and should be a hell of a game. I mean, Bills and Kansas it should City, be. I can't wait to see that
4: game. It might I be should. the best game of the weekend, the last one of the, of the weekend. should be the best game. So tell Jim Jeffcoat, send me some uh, Bills paraphernalia. I'll put it on if uh, I get it in time Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mention it to Jim.
1: <laughs> Thanks again, Keith. You have a great Friday, and we'll see you on Sunday, buddy. You too. Thank- take care. Thank you. Yeah, Jack, Jack will get better eventually once he learns how to, to work the controls or whatever he's doing. I don't know what he's doing over there. Folks backstage and right after this break, we have Philly sports guy, Jamie Pags coming on, as we'll be talking about. Of course, Philly smarts. That only makes sense when we have somebody like that coming on next. Does a great job. I may even ask him for his picks. I've never asked him for his picks on Friday. And since we got Saturday and Sunday to go, and I, I won't see him until Sunday, And we really don't go over picks then either. So we'll have our Eagles update on Sunday and uh, we'll see if we can get some picks from PAGS here. So we're going to be right back after these messages, folks. And uh, we'll see you in a couple minutes.
0: When you hear the word asthma, you probably think of shortness of breath. Coughing or inhalers. Lots of things can trigger asthma, but the fact is that asthma doesn't just attack, it can kill. But with proper medical management, asthma is controllable. If you experience shortness of breath, wheezing, tightness in your chest, or persistent nighttime coughing, you may have asthma. See your doctor and get the facts. You'll breathe easier. For more information, call two one one InfoLine, a message from the Connecticut Department of Public Health, keeping Connecticut healthy. With endless views of snow covered peaks. Here comes the king, here comes the big number one. Budweiser Beard, the king is second to none. Just say Budweiser, you've said it all. Here comes the king of beer, so your let's hear the song. But wiser beer's the one that's leading the rest. When you say but, and each aging makes it fear at its best When you say but, one taste will tell you, so loud and clear. There's only one, one wiser beer. When you say but, you said it all. Yeah, da, 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 da. We all make choices. When it comes to alcohol, kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Bye bye. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, Ann, have a seat for a second. Remind me about that party again. And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to Coming. alcohol and we are other looking drugs. For
1: for they want our-
0: guidance and honest answers to their questions. And it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Our daughter Alex. Well, I'm board certified. McDonald's is our kind of place. It's such a happy place.
3: And A clean and happy place. McDonald's
2: is our kind of place.
5: It's such a happy place. McDonald's is our kind of place. You're kind of funny.
0: McDonald's believes in getting food to your kids before they get to each other. Such good food, too. McDonald's famous French fries, triple-thick creamy shakes, lean beefy cheeseburgers and hamburgers, icy cold soft drinks. And here's a plus. Spill-proof lids on all beverages. Another plus. Napkins that are big as a bib. Quality, cleanliness, extra care service. That's McDonald's. A total value that's unmatched anywhere. McDonald's is our kind of place to <laughs> such
5: I mean, you can see right now,
1: without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboys fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this Already. Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it.
4: I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, from Brooklyn, hey, isn't he?
1: Us again, Jack. We can make it in. Maybe. Hold on one second. Welcome back to the Mac and Jack Sports Show. on live Thursday through Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m. With our Friday edition, as we have our guests on so far uh, were Keith Angle and Byron Williams, both reviewing in our segments. Won the NFL, and Keith with all the uh, news in college basketball and the Knicks and stuff like that. Jack has been having problems, uh, Pags, getting on. I'm going to try one more time with it before I bring you up real quick as the Philly sports guy is going to join us. Let's see. There's Jack. Can you hear me, Jack? 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 I don't know what to say, Pat. I don't know what to say.
2: I have a hard time hearing you guys.
1: Well, Can you hear me, Jack?
2: Yeah, I can hear you. Maybe Did it's you hear? selective hearing. I don't know. I mean, is it's open season and you with the Eagles. I was going to talk about the Flyers to see whether they were going to make history or not.
5: Uh, uh, oh, well, I, I I have a lot to say about both, actually.
1: So can you hear me now, Jack, or do I have to let you go?
2: Yeah, I could barely. I could get by. I had technical difficulty today. I hit a wall. Yes. I mean, I blame the gardener here. I should have known better. I'm in Florida, the sunroom. They were coming by making a racket of noise so when I tried to switch my equipment to a uh, quieter place here. I kind of lost reception. You know, I don't know. Is it an area problem? You know, uh, is it a Jack problem? Whatever. <laughs> but Listen, I don't have much to say in this segment. This is your segment, Pags. I'm, I wouldn't be missed. If
0: I hey, what part of here. Florida are
2: you in? I'm just along for the ride. What part
5: of Florida are you in? Uh, Delray Beach. Oh, so, I mean, I, I was I was not close in Tampa. No,
2: no, no. You know, I had an offer, actually, to go to tomorrow's game, the Buccaneer game, Ram game. But, you know, it's like a four-hour drive and stopping in traffic. And listen, if they make it to the NFC Championship game and I have the offer, like my friend has a few season tickets, I might go there. But I'm not overly optimistic that it would have to be the 49ers at Tampa. That would be the only combo and i'm not optimistic that that's going to be the championship game but you know we'll see yeah
5: i yeah. think the tampa's got to worry about getting past the rams first yes i do too
1: so pax let's let's talk a little bit about the 76ers we'll touch on them with with of MB. mb's playing out of yeah let's mind. start with the
5: good let's yeah. definitely start with the good first yes
1: yes MB's playing out of his mind you guys are in the thick of things again uh ben simmons saying he's going to sit on the bench all year he don't care uh if if he plays or not uh until he's traded he's sitting on the bench um so you're playing despite those distractions you're playing playing pretty well uh trade deadline coming up are you going to get rid of simmons against somebody else
5: i think not to be honest i I feel that more is going to wait till he actually gets the right deal and to be honest i can't blame him anymore I, I know that this is drug on way too long and ultimately my thought is is that as long as as long as they are doing whatever it is that they're doing here I, I mean I think they're gonna make a trade at the deadline anyways. I just don't know that it's going to involve Ben Simmons and the the deals that are coming, they're starting to raise up some. It's not like hey, we're gonna put together a package of crap and throw it at the wall and see what sticks The the crap is getting nicer so i kind of think as we get closer and closer to the deadline somebody is going to make the jump i'm just not exactly sure who that's going to be yet okay And, and i'm back to thinking again like i remember i remember you guys thought i was crazy when I said the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Sixers could get in a three-way trade, I really believe that the Lakers are starting to push that again because the Lakers think out loud, and LeBron's not going to miss the playoffs two years in a row. Well,
1: what do you think the Lakers would offer you What, Westbrook?
5: Uh, no, 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 no. I think I think that it's going to it's going to be a very creative deal all the way around. But I think that I think that it would the way it would become is that Ben Simmons would wind up in L.A. That and that's not we happens. do not want Westbrook I wouldn't want Westbrook chips. at all.
2: What
1: we'll are we saying, Jack?
2: The Lakers don't have the chips. They'd have to be out of their mind the Sixes to make a deal involving Russell Westbrook, and yeah, that is what, a, a oh dream. yeah. I I, I don't
5: crazy. think that's why I think the third team's gotta be involved. It, it's gonna it's gonna be a dance of numbers. Yeah. And that's and that's what it would take. I, I think that they're not real happy with Davis out there in L.A., and I feel that he would be the one that could possibly move to, to the Warriors. Uh, so, it, it's like I said, it would be a dance of numbers all the way around, and it would only take – it would be those three pins because they're the ones that have the, the guys that have the numbers that would equal out. Listen, the Sixers
2: did the right thing holding out, but it's going to – it might be apparent Ben Simmons isn't going to come back this year or next year or who knows if ever if he's really dug in. Has he gotten the value to the point where they might actually make a deal with the Knicks, where Doc Rivers would have a lot of influence, you know, with Maury? Even up for the most part. They throw in a couple of other pieces. R.J. Barrett for Simmons and, you know, they throw in top in the Knicks. Has it gotten to that point?
5: Uh, I don't think so. I, I think the Knicks. I think the Knicks don't have enough to be able to give Morey to to make him pull the trigger. Uh, it's uh, actually l- recently it was Sacramento that was trying to offer a few picks, three guys for taking off Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons, and they wanted Matisse Thybul. And I think Matisse was the reason why they they said no. I, I think they want to keep Matisse Thybul. But they want to – like if they took – if I think if Sacramento took Matisse off the table and did the same deal for the three guys – yeah, there are three guys that they were going to do, and I don't remember their names, and the two first-round picks for Simmons and uh, – uh, well, what – I just lost it. Uh, but anyways, for, for those two guys, they would absolutely uh, pull the trigger.
1: You know, you know, Pags, we we never have you, and I really don't want to talk about the Flyers losing and setting a record. I mean, that's uh, that's that's uh, something. It's like talking about the Knicks losing and you know going down. I don't really don't want to talk about that. So anymore.
5: here's what I want to say about that, though, because I was at that game yesterday, and I, I I I'm really starting to get frustrated. There's a couple of things that I noticed right away. One, the half-empty arena. The Flyers have never had half empty arenas except for covid and comcast is starting to screw screw up big time i'm hearing rumblings that that in the franchise itself in the executive portion that people are starting to quit that they are really tearing this this team apart and i i feel that it's time for comcast to sell the team that they are that this that what they are doing above the ice is starting to reflect on the ice and it's time for the entire franchise to get sold and bring in new leadership across the board. I I am so tired and so frustrated with this team. And I tell you, I said, I I bled orange and black before I bled green. And I love the Flyers, and I will always love the Flyers, and I'm always going to be rooting for my team. However, it is I, I am going to start to become more vocal that it's time for a change in a major way, and that Comcast should just stick to what they know, which is cable television, and get out of the we-own-of-a-hockey-team business.
1: 2
2: well, 10-game is- losing streaks in the same season. The franchise record is 12 prediction are they gonna break the franchise record or not? Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: you
5: know, you know yes, Pat, I think they are. I, at the end of the game, I yelled, I yelled out that I it's time for Comcast to sell they should teams.
2: bring back A V. They didn't have it so bad under him. You could see that.
5: Well now. you know what I don't think I, I you know what truth of the matter is I don't think any coach is going to make the difference here. Yeah. I don't think this is a coaching thing. I think this is an organizational thing. And you know, that's the problem.
1: You know, it's a parallel to the Yankees when CBS bought the Yankees, right? CBS buys the Yankees. They don't put nothing into the team. They really don't make the trades and pick up draft picks and 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 do well with with running the operation because they just wanted to put the Yankees on TV and grab all the money they could from from them being on CBS. And it's very parallel to what's happening with Philadelphia Flyers right now. The CBS don't know what the hell was going on with it with baseball. And, uh, and there was Cap- maybe there was maybe 10,000 fans in the
5: stands. That is, I I have never seen a state, you know, an arena. I mean, short of COVID that small for the Flyers. And, you know, the game that I was in Tampa, they said Uh. that the Rangers fans Uh. took over the arena. And that's not something that ever happens in Philadelphia in any reason.
1: I hear you. I hear you, man. So, like I said, let's, let's, let's get on to the, Games. I want you to pick some games with us, Pags. The Sunday we'll have an, uh, a wrap up on the Eagles season, um, and and talk a lot about that and what you what your thoughts are on that. But we got four really, really I think some of the best games in the divisional playoffs I've seen in a long time. You got Cincinnati, you know, going to Tennessee. Tennessee number one seed, despite not having Derrick Henry for part of the season, their defense came up, played big sometimes, a lot of times, really to win those games in Cincinnati with their young, you know, Burrow and and Lamar, uh, chase. And, and of course they got a good running back there in Mixon too. I think it's going to be a dynamite game.
5: I agree. I I mean, I am a Joe Burrows fan. I I just am. Since I watched him play against the Eagles last year, where he got sacked eight times, kept getting up, brushing himself off and getting back in the mix. I, 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 I like grit. And then I also like, uh, ego. You know, when he said when he said last week after that game, this isn't the cake, you know, this is not the icing on the cake. I, this is the cake. And I want to eat every crumb that there's a certain swagger that I really enjoy about him. And I think that that's going to be the upset of the week. I feel that Joe Burrows and the Bengals win their second playoff game in a row in Tennessee and take care of business down there and beat the Titans. I think that if Henry comes back, that Henry coming back is probably not the best thing in the world, that he's going to wind up taking away carries from the guy who's been carrying the load since he's been gone and that he's probably not going to be a hundred percent and him not being a hundred percent is going to make a difference. So Mm -hmm. I like, I like the Bengals in this one. It's going to be like a 24 to 20 game.
1: I think it's going to be close. I definitely think it's going to be close. I like
2: the Bengals, too. They have the bigger game players, and Ryan Tannehill is a game manager. Joe Burrow is a game changer. That's basically the difference, and having the weapons mix in Jamar Chase, and the only real weapon that Tennessee's going to have is Derrick Henry, and maybe he comes back and turns in a legendary game. You know, maybe he's a little rusty, maybe he's gonna be as strong as Kabina, but don't I don't they think they have the receiver this they is a have, team Bengals could beat.
5: Don't they have uh that the Falcons receiver? Julio <laughs>
2: Jones. Well I like I think Julio Jones can you know could dust it off and have a good game. Mac doesn't think Mac thinks he's a little too long in the tooth, but you know, we'll see. But I think Tennessee's the worst number one seed. I can ever remember. I mean, Mike Rabel's done a fantastic job with them this year.
5: Yeah, I think that he's definitely in line for Coach of the Year, but I don't think he's in line to win a playoff game.
1: No, we'll see. I think it's going to be a great game. And then you got the 49ers going up to Green Bay. 49ers are a very physical team. They've showed it the last two games how physical they are. Rodgers has had problems playing in San Francisco because of that front four. Um, Green Bay's... Got all the weapons back. They we got the smoothest quarterback in the league, the MVP probably again this year, against a physical offense and defense team with a game manager. Uh, who you like in that game, Pat? Uh,
5: I like Green Bay, and I think I think that it's going to be a blowout. I think that it's not going to be close. I, first off, it's going to make the Buffalo game look like it was played at the beach uh, in comparison. I think that hats how cold it's going to be, and I think San Francisco is going to be affected by that some – I you know, I, I like San Francisco's defense. I just don't think that they have all of the pieces in place to be able to handle Green Bay's offense. And I think that Green Bay's offense is going to score a lot. And I think I like I like this game at like 37 20. Uh, I think that they're just not going to be able to keep up. They're going to wind up having to trade touchdowns for field goals, and you're not going to be able to do that against Green Bay. And Green Bay is just going to score a- at will. And it's going to, you know, they're going to be able to move on pretty easily, is my opinion.
2: I'm on the same page with Pags. I mean, I think Green Bay by three touchdowns. I think they're prime. They win big. And I like the Bengals by about 10. But we're basically on the same page. What about you, Matt? All
5: right. Maybe he's uh, a little frozen.
2: I don't know. Okay, you, was. I think I think two games gone. Listen, We're putting you on the spot. I, myself, I think. I like think. Well, I'll give, we me, like, I'll we give like you. I'll give you. prediction. I'll give you my prediction. By, I like. Them by I'll give you my year. prediction.
1: I'll
2: give you my my prediction. I was. <laughs> Is Mac having the technical difficulty or what? It's that type of day.
5: Yeah, yeah. it's. it's that, listen,
2: he didn't ask you about the Eagles. I. I Knowing Mac, he was going to get around to it. Uh, oh, Mac, I was taking over for you saying you had not asked Pags about the Eagles yet. And the big talk, of course, in the aftermath. I want to congratulate the Eagles on a good season. You nailed it, Pags. I didn't. I thought they were going to win like three, four games like most people did. They overachieved. I, I, Jack, the I don't, don't but- want
1: to. I don't want to do it. There's no reason to do the Eagles wrap up today, Jack. We're gonna do but it we never on Sunday. The Let me give you my opinion the on Eagles society. Season
2: with Pags. He, he has a right to gloat about it. We're
1: gonna do that on Sunday, Jack. Jack does not listen, as you see. It's that not, has nothing to do but with you. Off the end, we're gonna wrap we're it up on Sunday. Time. That's why we that got Pags coming in on Sunday back. to wrap up the Eagles. I know, and I know you, right, you would go right to where I didn't want to go. Uh, Pags, San Fran, I'm gonna.
0: The they Eagles. just don't
5: want to talk Back. about San Francisco. I think that's the problem. Every time he mentioned San Francisco, he yeah, goes listen. out. Listen,
2: that the cowboy game, Mac and myself picked the Niners to win that game. It was the type of game we thought it would be. That last play of the game, I think, was basically overrated. At best, they would have had to frantically run a play with one second and throw a a 25-yard pass in the end zone. So I kind of feel it was overrated. It took away from the overall performance. And you know what? uh, Just
5: just to talk about that play, Dallas does that play a lot. So it's not like that that was uh, off a a whim. You know, they usually do that play. But there were three issues that he did specifically on that play that caused – them not to be able to get another playoff one he should have slid at the 30 yard line rather than the 25 he should have ran to the to the umpire to give him the ball right away instead of playing the game and giving the ball to the center because the umpire has to touch the ball every time every time and then the third thing was is that he did really have the way to get out of bounds, or he could have done earlier in the game. They threw a lateral pass that went out of bounds and he could have thrown it behind him to to get that ball stopped. And it would have gone out of bounds. They would have been able to do that like a lateral almost that goes out of bounds. And that's where the ball would have gotten spotted. So there's three things that they could have done differently to be able to get one more playoff. The fact that they did they, they that it got down to that moment is more a, a test of where Dallas was. I think that McCarthy stinks as a coach. I hope they keep him. And you know, I think that this is this franchise is going to start trending downward rather than upward because you're hearing about Elliot was playing all season long hurt, you know, that Pollard, you know, that they took away, you know. It makes me wonder, you know, hey, playing on that Sunday where he had to get his 1,000 yards and playing all the starters, all did he do anything more to his knee before he got into the playoffs? I mean, he did go off a little hobbled at one point. So, I mean, where you guys were yelling at me saying, hey, we shouldn't have rested our starters, I don't think it would have made a difference against Tampa Bay. But that being said, same thing goes to Dallas. They should have maybe rested instead of going after their bonuses. And, you know, because Wait. of that –
1: Pax, that, was, that, Pax, that was just sloppy play. They're undisciplined. Dallas Cowboys are undisciplined. They led the league in penalties. They made a lot of stupid penalties again that they shouldn't have done. That has to do with coaching. That's all that, that's coaching. You don't grab a you don't grab an offensive tackle and throw them to the ground on a on a play outside. That's ridiculous. That's never called in the NFL, hardly. They they're just an undisciplined team. And that last play, that last play, they didn't have enough time. You got to have about 18 to 20 seconds. To have a run and then set up again. At least
5: fourteen. At least right. fourteen seconds is what you need. Right. That's 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 a bare minimum,
1: and right. you got to do everything right in the process. Yeah, that's, so that the was, fact. Listen, that I mean, th- I mean, it was open because they they didn't care. You could run with the ball all you want and not run out of bounds, as you said, was terrible. So again, uh, as I get cut off again by this stupid stream, um, I li- I'll tell you right now, I like San Francisco's chances against Green Bay. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think they're more physical than Green Bay, and we'll see what happens. Green Bay definitely has more firepower than they do. That's, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. Rams and Tampa Bay, uh, Pags. Matt Stafford's up and down. One game he looks great. Next game he throws a bunch of interceptions. Um, you know, the, the Rams defense isn't playing Kyle Murray this year. He's, this game, he's not going to be running around extended plays. That ball's coming out fast, but it should be a great game.
5: I like the Rams chances here. And the reason being is because their center and their, their center is a little bit beat up their tackles uh, from what I heard is out. And that you have Donald and Von Miller and Donald's going to be going right up the a gap, which is where Brady's problem is when you rush him. So yeah. my thought is, is that this game is going to be set on two different levels. You got the, you got Brady versus the defensive line of the Rams. And then you have the Tampa Bay secondary against against uh it's not is it Cooper Cup? No, in Cooper Cup, is it? Or it is Cooper Cup. Wide receiver? Uh they're, yeah, their receiver.
1: The they're Rams. OBJ and Culp, yeah. Cooper Cup. yeah
5: so and i i think that's where that's where this game lies and that's the only two places is brady going to beat their defensive line is he going to be able to get the ball out fast enough are they going to be able to hold them in because they're going to know that he's got to get the ball out quickly he's not going to be able to sit in the pocket like he did against the eagles uh because you know, even then we sacked him four times, which was a lot more than we've sacked him probably in the last four or five times we played him. So and the fact that he you know it didn't matter because they were up 31 to nothing at one point. So well the Rams
2: did beat the Buccaneers pretty handily earlier this season. Uh but now the Buck defense, they seem to be all healthy going into the playoffs. I mean, they're ready to roll. It's finally all come together with them defensively. But, you know, you're kind of the weapons, you know the the bucks are actually gonna miss Antonio Brown. I hate mentioning his his name, but he could have been a fact in this game.
5: I, I agree. I agree that the fact that they are really depleted in the wide receiver department, and their 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 tight end isn't really anything special to write home about. The other receivers, as you can tell with the eagle in the Eagles game, they were just the balls were going through their hands. The Eagles should have had two rece- two interceptions that just that went right through their hands. So there's only a couple of people that are going to be able to catch the ball. Obviously Gronk is the one guy who's now a receiver instead of a tight end because they have to have that other blocking tight end in there. A lot of the time, they're going to be doing a lot of big packages because they really only have Evans and Gronk that can catch the ball. Everybody else,
2: and well, the one Scotty guy you know, on the might back play a role. You know, one of their reserve players might come up big, but yeah, you know. yeah, the running back, the running back can come up big. That's going to be that's going to be
5: the the wild card for the Buccaneers. But I actually have the Rams winning this game. It's going to be close, uh, and I have it. I have it as like a twenty 27- seven. 24
1: 25 game it should be a real good game the last game maybe the best buffalo or kansas city right i mean buffalo i don't care if they played the Pats or whoever they played last week they would have beat them they would have beat whoever played them they were on all cylinders josh allen throwing the ball accuracy four incompletions that's it packs five touchdown passes the running game came alive um the defense played well then you're going up against of course you know the 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 machine over there in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and his weapons. I think the key here is which defense stops which offense. And that last drive, this 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 game, who wins it? I don't know. Uh,
5: I I have it exactly that. I, I my prediction for this game is very simple. I thought that the over under was like 54, yeah, 57, something really high, and, and I say that if it goes over, Kansas City wins. If it stays under or close to that number, Buffalo's got a much better chance. I just do not think that Buffalo is ready. Like, this is the AFC championship game. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that whoever wins this game goes to the Super Bowl. I, I, and as much as I like Joe Burrows, I don't think that he's ready to make that jump yet. I think that this is a big jump for him to get to the AFC championship game. But I feel that whoever wins this game moves on. And I, it's going to be, is the defense of Buffalo strong enough to be able to stop Mahomes? And that's the big deal. And it's not going to matter because I think that Buffalo is going to score their points, but I think that the defense has got to stop Mahomes because if they do not, they will not win this game. I actually have it as like a 37-31 game and Kansas City winning.
1: Uh, uh, all right. There you go. Pags with his prediction. He finally got him to do some picks for us because like I said, he doesn't do it on Sundays. Uh, Pags, thanks for coming in. Um, hopefully my my computer works a little bit better. My stream is Saturday and Sunday. This is crazy. But you, Jack, not hearing me and me going out and in uh, we're keeping the viewers on their toes, but again, Pegs, thanks for coming in. We'll have you on Sunday uh, for the, the wrap up on the Eagles, and maybe if you want to come in and preview one of the other teams for us uh, the following week, uh, that would be cool. And we're definitely uh, you
5: know I've been I have been paying attention a lot to the Rams and Bucks game, and okay. I think that that's going to be what I would. I, it's going to just be akin to yeah the Eagles wrap up. <laughs> You know, with this game against the Bucks, and then being able to go in and talk about the Rams and the Bucks, I initially well, thought that Arizona know. would be the worst matchup for the Buccaneers. But after watching the Rams' defense and just uh. the way how how inspired the defense was playing, not necessarily the offense, because I'm not sure that you know that you know that uh, Stafford. Uh, Stafford is the guy. I don't think Stafford's That's the right. answer there. I think it's going to be the defense versus the offense.
2: I'll tell you a great question is, guys, which is the game of the week? Uh, Is it the Chief Bill game or is it the Ram Buccaneer game? You can get into a healthy debate. It's kind of a toss up at the end there. But those two games stand out this weekend.
5: Yeah, I I think I think that those are going to be the two closer, the closer games. uh, And I've, I've. I, first off, I still think Green Bay is going to the Super Bowl. I think Green Bay is going to play whoever wins this Kansas City-Buffalo game. I, I just don't see anybody beating anybody in Green Bay with as cold as it's going to be because they've never
2: played this late in the season in Green Bay, and it's not getting any warmer.
5: Well, if you we want know. to
2: annoy Mac at all, all he, all you need to do is have him Sierra Aaron Rodgers hold the Super Bowl MVP trophy up at the yeah, end of the game. Me. The that Lombardi def-
1: trophy. That would definitely bug me. I got a prediction that the game we don't think is going to be the closest will be the best and closest game because the other ones are too easy. And that's the way the NFL sometimes works. So, Pax, thanks for coming in, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the – debate show me jack and dr paul Semendinger. um and we will uh we'll have some more fun and we'll be the big football show Pags will be there with his with his uh update and maybe preview one of the games for us we'll have keith angle well have jim jeff co hosting and sorry the jet man is out until the just make some news which probably be pretty soon so folks have a great friday we'll see you tomorrow enjoy your uh friday night and uh pags thanks again my friend I appreciate it, guys. Thank you.